our Strike and Spare studio. Just a bit outside. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Oh, why do you Now, The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. And a good Wednesday afternoon to you, and yes, it is time for the McFarland Show on a chilly Wednesday. Man, we went from yesterday in the mid-70s to today. Right now, I think it's like mid-40s, so quite a difference. Darren McFarland live in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. You know, we've been half the show all week. We'll continue being half the show today, but actually... It took even more of a hit because Damon Keene said, peace out. I'm going on vacation with the wife where it's warmer. He saw the cold temps coming and they headed south. So DJ Damon is in the south. Well, further south. We're in the south. Further south. And Adam Johnson is in today for the next two hours. So we've got a loaded show for you. Steve Lehman will join us in about 15 minutes or so. He's about to jump on a bus with Belmont as they head to Murray State tonight to take on the Racers. That should be a really good game tonight between Belmont and Murray State. We'll get into that and all the Titans stuff with Steve Lehman here coming up shortly. In the 3 o'clock hour, to start the second hour of the program, Michael Gallagher will talk about the Preds' victory last night. In fact, we'll get into that in just a moment. Can you say six in a row? Pretty exciting last night on the hardwood. SEC action was tight. What a crazy game in Starkville. Which, by the way, can you tell things are getting ramped up? I don't know what they would have done. I'm very curious. Like putting up something on the Jumbotron, a fans stay off the floor. Would that have changed anything if Mississippi State would have won the game? I highly doubt it. But because of the incident over the weekend with Wake Forest and Duke and recently Caitlin Clark, I mean, I, I understand they're trying, but I don't think that would have done anything if Mississippi State would have pulled off uh, the win yesterday. What a crazy game, though. They come down and Hubbard launches a long three to tie it up, and Reed Shepard have a night, kid. Reed Shepard, uh, 32 points last night for Kentucky, gets uh, the game winner, just a floater, as time expired in Kentucky Runs out of Starkville with a 91-89 to victory. So that was a really, really good game. You had Georgia and LSU coming down to free throws. LSU wins 67-66. By the way, SEC tournament coming to town just around the corner. And then how about Vanderbilt? Goes to Fayetteville and gets the 85-82 victory over Arkansas. I don't know what's going on with Eric Musselman and the Razorbacks. He's a guy that since he's been there has made runs in the tournament. They've been very good on his watch. I feel like they get to the Sweet 16 every year in the NCAA tournament. I think they've even been to the Elite Eight. But something's off this year in that room. He's had guys he's been sitting. You could tell 
I think they're having real chemistry issues, uh, or they just have issues. I don't know what it is, but Arkansas, not very good. So, But nonetheless, hey, Vanderbilt took advantage of that, gets their first conference road victory of the season with the 85-82 victory. So Vanderbilt, nice win for them, but uh, just their third win in SEC play. So um, we'll see what that does. Maybe that can spark them for... Uh, at least to finish strong. I know it's not going to change anything, but at least they could finish strong. And um, what does that mean? I don't know. But nonetheless, it is a victory. Nice win for them. But uh, tonight, that'll set up some more good ones, man. The big one in Knoxville. Tennessee hosting Auburn. That game is at 6 o'clock tonight. It'll be on ESPN2. And boy, that one should be a fun one. Two top 10 teams, or Auburn, I guess, is just on the outside Looking in at 11, Tennessee's fourth in the rankings. And so that'll be a good one at 6 o'clock. At 7.30, you got South Carolina at Texas A&M. And at 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN2, you've got Alabama and Ole Miss. So I mentioned the Preds last night got the 4-1 victory to make it six in a row. We talked about it yesterday on the program. By the way, Michael Gallagher will join us to begin the second hour, and uh, they'll be back at home again tomorrow as Minnesota comes to town. But that game, coming back from a long road trip, is always a scary one for coaches. I, at first, when they used to say this, I would shake my head and be like, what? Like, what? what? And I, I get it. You're out on the road. It's just you. It's just you and your team. Yeah, you have no distractions. You get back home, especially after a long road trip, you have distractions, right? You get back home to the family or what have you, and the next thing you know, um, you're just not, you just don't have the same concentration level that you have maybe down the road, and that first home game is always a scary one. Well, um, not a trap game for the Preds last night. Uh, They definitely finished strong in the third period, and they skate away with the 4-1 victory over the Senator. So that is now six in a row, as I mentioned. And um, we'll see. They can keep this going. What does that mean? This Friday, it will be one week until the trade deadline. Does this change anything? I don't think it should, but that's just me. Everybody has a, uh, you know their own opinions on this. You know, I don't know. Maybe so there's a lot of fans out there that believe this is the spark they need. Uh, you know, at this point of the year, you get to your final fourth of the season. If you're red hot now, maybe you can carry this over. You get in the playoffs and you can take this in. I, I, I don't know. I don't subscribe to that. I, I still think that they should be lit. And I think Barry is. I think Barry is doing his due diligence. And uh, I think he is, you know, he is probably on the phone a lot trying to figure out what are they going to do with some guys that uh, are going to be free agents that they probably won't sign or if they can get something that's good for them. He's got to listen to that. So we'll see. Uh, Like I said, Friday will be one week out from the trade deadline. Adam, do we have uh, a little bit of McCarron? All right, let's hear Michael McCarron had a goal last night, played really well, got in a big fight, uh, has played well here of late, just like the Predators. Here's uh, some things he had to say after the game. Yeah, we had a good start. Um, Came out, came out ready to go. Um, you know, we got a good thing going right now. We're all clicking. Um, 
everyone together on we're on the same page we're all pulling the same rope too like everybody's everybody's buying into their role right now and playing well um getting great goaltending um you know good defensive good defensive team and we're, we're able to score goals right now because we're all we're all connected so it's it's been fun um and it was good to get a win in front of our crowd after what happened in our last home game so that definitely feels good tonight you guys scored those first two goals they made a, a, a bit of a push there what was the the message on the bench to, to kind of gain your, your your game back yeah they got a little momentum a couple penalties uh they got a power play goal i mean that's going to happen there's going to be momentum sh- uh shifts in games uh that's kind of what we talked about after the first period we Maybe previously in the year we would have, uh, you know, mentally not collapsed, but not been able to come back from that, and we were able to come out in the second period and, and set the tone again. I mean, um, I think we had a really good third period as well. I mean, we had a good game tonight. We had a really good home game, um, especially coming back from a from a long road trip. Sometimes these these can be sleepy, and I think we we answered the bell uh, pretty well tonight. To close out a game like that the way you did, you outshot them nineteen to nothing in the third period. Just. Uh... What are your thoughts on kind of slamming the door on them like you did? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, we, yeah, like I said, we had a good third period. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I think, like I said, we're all connected. We're all playing uh, the system uh, really well. Um, and we're, we're believing that everybody in here is going to do their job, and we're all leaning on one another to do their job, and everyone's doing it. So it's been fun. Um, hopefully we can continue to build off this and, uh, you know, keep this, keep this train rolling. Offense rolling for you right now. What's, uh, what are you seeing out there? Uh, throwing pucks on net, uh, you know, I'm playing with, uh, you know, two really good players, uh, really fast players. They're able to get, create a lot of turnovers. Um, we're spending a lot of time in the ozone, um, cycling pucks, hounding pucks, creating turnovers. And, you know, when you, when you work hard, you get rewarded. Um, we're, we're all kind of hot right now on the, on our line. And if we continue to work like that, uh, create turnovers and hound the puck, uh, we're hard to play against as a line. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the role I was in. Um, I was able to, you know, kind of, uh, never comfortable. Obviously I know you can always still come out, but, um, just grabbing, grabbing the chances that I'm given and, and able to run with it. Um, ready every day and, uh, or maybe in the past I wasn't. So, um, it's, it's good. Um, good to have a coach believe in you. Um, and good to have a team that that's behind you and it's good. It's good right now. You guys outshot them 19 to nothing in the third period. There, just what can you say about the, the the effort to close that game out from your group? Yeah, we um we actually just talked about that. I didn't know, um, uh, but that's yeah, it's probably one of our best third periods this year. Um, especially being up three one, and I felt like we we had the puck most of the period, uh, playing in their zone, and um, that next goal is so big and three one lead. Um, and it was yeah, that was great. I mean, that's um that's how. You want to play every every time you have to lead, but obviously it's not that easy. But um, it was it was really good tonight. Given how the last game, last home game here went, how, how does it, what, what kind of impact does that have getting a win like that? Tonight? Yeah, it's great. It was it was huge for us. I mean, uh, we knew coming home we 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 need to play better at home, um, and we we haven't we haven't been been good at home all all year, and um, we need to find some consistency here. And we got a long long homestand, and um, just. For our fans too. I mean, we love playing in front of our fans. Um, you always want to win at home, and um, I think um, after that game, obviously last game against Dallas, and it was a, it was a really really good win for us tonight. Do you think tonight was going to be the night for the Hattie? <laughs> it's closed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've been. Um, I don't know. You know, we had some looks. I had some had some looks in the third period. Um, some chances, but um, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll get one. Huh? I feel like you're you're in your groove though right now offensively. Yeah, yeah. It's I I think it's been good. Um, obviously, I think we we're just playing really well as a team, and um, I think everyone. It helps everyone. I mean, I probably I probably has been getting better again towards the end of the road trip, and um, yeah, just I think we're all getting more familiar with the system and getting more comfortable with the system. And same goes for me. And um, yeah, hopefully, obviously we, we want to keep this momentum and keep playing that that same way. What has improved on the power play recently? Um, I think we're just moving it a little bit quicker. Um, I think even today we had some good looks, and um, the early in the road trip. Uh, our probably isn't great. We we kind of just played a little bit slow, and um, a lot of times probably it's just about about moving it quick, winning winning puck battles. I think obviously you always see the goals, but it's a lot about retrieving pucks after a shot and getting pucks back. And I, I thought we did a good job the the last couple of games. There you go. That was the captain, Roman Yossi. Michael McCarron was who you heard first. McCarron had a goal. Uh, great story, by the way. It was in player assistance program last year. Not sure, you know, what that meant for. The rest of his career, how that was going to affect his career, and man, what a feel-good story and the way he's played this season. Then you heard the captain, Roman Yossi, big night for him, looking for that hat trick. He had two goals and assist, a three-point night. Pierre Lebrun with The Athletic just put out something in the last couple of hours. says, how does the Predators' heater affect the trade deadline plans? And so he talked with general manager Barry Trotz, and Barry Trotz said that... Um, he didn't expect anything less from this group. This group has such high character. We've got good leadership. We've got good blend of veteran and veterans and talented young players. It's been a really good mix. Bruno has done an outstanding job of getting this team to play differently than we have in the past, maybe with pace, but also with the relentlessness that I think has been part of the DNA of Nashville probably for most of the last 25 years. So, uh, you know, Barry's just doing what he's doing. He's, you know, he's goes on to praise Bruno. Look, that that's his hire. I mean, what what do you what do you want him to do? It was his first hire as general manager. I, I understand that Barry Trotz is going to say and do all the right things, but I mean, this it's a six game winning streak. I mean, teams do this all the time. Are they playing well right now? Yeah, but it took this road trip for them to even be in the playoffs. So it's not like okay. You know, everything is fine here. Nothing to see anymore. Like this team has been more on the outside looking in all season than in the playoffs. Okay. Currently they are in with just over 20 games to go in the regular season. Can they keep it up? I don't know. We're about to find out. They got four more home games. So they went on the road for five games and took all five. Now they came home for a five game homestand and they just took the first one. So who knows? Maybe they can go five and oh on the road. And then five and zero at home. And then you 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 know rip off ten in a row. Then you know okay, maybe the conversation changes. But you know, by the way, that's going to be all around the trade deadline next Friday. So this is going to be very interesting. It would have been easy if things would have looked completely the same on this road trip. It would have been easy, right? We all would have known. Okay, what moves is Barry Trotz making? You know, who's he dumping first? Who's the first to go? That's what we all would be talking about. But now every win is going to have people going, okay, now what, Barry? I do think it's interesting, again, from my point of view, 
I think your approach should have been the same way as whatever you were thinking a month ago. That's exactly what you should be thinking now. It should not change because of a six-game winning streak, in my opinion. As I said, we'll talk more about this with Michael Gallagher coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll come back with Steve Lehman. We'll catch up with him next from News Channel 5. We'll do that here on The McFarland Show, WNSR. You enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you're stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you are stuck in and your options to get rid of it. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of horrible timeshares for over 10 years and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. Get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. Simply call Wesley now for your free timeshare exit kit and see how you can become timeshare free. Call 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. Once again, 800-462-3333. Attention business owners. WNSR has some exciting opportunities for your business to thrive in the dynamic world of sports radio advertising. As the proud home of some of your favorite sports teams like the Atlanta Braves, Memphis Grizzlies, and more, we understand the power of sports in bringing people together and creating a passionate community. We believe that your business can become an integral part of this experience, reaching a diverse and engaged audience. Contact the WNSR sales team for an opportunity to discuss how Nashville's Sports Radio can elevate your brand to new heights. Whether you're interested in a specific sponsorship package or would like a customized solution, we are here to meet your advertising needs. Call 615-844-1039, 615-844-1039, or email saleswnsr at gmail.com. That's saleswnsr at gmail.com. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Maybe it's a overreaction on Monday, but I'm going to move it forward for me. Pump the brakes a little bit on Kyle Shanahan. He's got to do it to be included as he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. No, right now, I would say Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the NFL, and he's one of the best coaches of all time. 
The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNA. You're listening live from the Strike and Spare Studios, downtown Music City. It's the McFarland Show. Staying warm on this Wednesday afternoon, Darren McFarland here in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. Adam Johnson is alongside for the ride today. Speaking of a ride, our next guest, Steve Lehman, News Channel 5, is about to jump on a bus and take a ride to Murray State. That's where the Bruins will be tonight, Belmont and the Racers. That should be a really good college basketball game tonight, a little conference tilt. Steve, how we doing? Doing great, Darren. How are you this afternoon? This is the time of year. You know, last night got me, got the juices, The the not that they haven't already, because I've been paying close attention this season but last night watching you know that kentucky mississippi state game vanderbilt with a nice win lsu georgia there was some crazy great and of course the fight with texas and texas tech there was a it was a good college basketball night um you know we're about to we're going into march on friday so the missouri valley like what what do you think right now uh as we sit here today you look at the like, Belmont is at Murray State tonight, and then they will host Evansville on Sunday. How many teams do you think legitimately could get in uh, out of this conference? Well, I'll tell you that I think two should be in. I think Indiana State and Drake are both NCAA tournament teams. I think they play that way. I think their resumes speak to that. And I think if they were in the tournament, they would have a chance to win in the first round. I think realistically, you're hoping, if you're the Valley, you're probably hoping both of those teams get to the championship game, play a tight game, and Drake wins. And then Indiana State gets in the at-large to get the second. So I I think it's going to be a challenge, but those are the two best teams. The problem the Valley has is that I think Bradley's capable of making a run in St. Louis, which could take one of those teams out. Mm. I think Belmont's capable of making a run in St. Louis, which would take one of those teams out. And Particularly in Belmont's case, if Belmont would beat one of those teams in the semifinal, that eliminates their chances altogether of getting in. So that's the problem the Valley fights is just that respect card around the country. Those two teams I talked about are both top 50 net teams, but I don't know if that'll be enough when it comes to an at-large position on Selection Sunday. So they've still both got work to do. Yeah, I was. you're right. I, I was looking at the, the net today. Indiana State was is what thirty one and Drake is yep. forty six, correct? Yeah, I mean you would think yeah. that would be would good think, enough. Well, I would think Indiana State's in a really good position at the moment, given where they are. I think Drake's resume is actually really comparable, and in some ways, you can argue that they've got better top end wins than what Indiana State even does. But yeah, forty six is going to be that's going to be questionable. Mm-hmm. They take another especially if they take a loss that isn't you know if they lose to indiana state in the final probably doesn't hurt them so much if they lose to belmont or somebody like that in the semifinal, do they stay in the top 45 range or do they drop to 51 or 52 and each spot at that level diminishes your at-large chances significantly both are five and four against uh quad one and two teams so same record against uh yeah, quads I, one and two i think don't quote me on this because I don't have it in front of me, but I think Drake has two quad one wins, 
and I don't believe Indiana State. So same overall record in there, but I think Drake has a little bit higher level wins at the at the top end, including a blowout win over Nevada, who won last night at Colorado State on a buzzer beater, talking about your crazy games, and everybody seemingly thinks Nevada is a lock at this point. Drake blew them out. So you just look at it. It's hard to do the comparative score things, but to your original question, I think both of those teams are NCAA tournament-type teams. The question for the Valley is can they get them both in? So had Terry McCormick on in the first hour yesterday, then had your guy John Burton on in the second hour. Both were in Indianapolis. Both were at the Combine. I know you guys had your coverage last night on News Channel 5 from there. Uh, just a couple quick takeaways from Brian Callahan and Rand Carthon speaking to the media. I walked away impressed. I think a couple of things that stood out to me is that it really feels like Rand Carthon is running the show now. And that's not to say, again, that he wasn't doing it last year because we really don't know how their their operation was divided last year. But yesterday it seemed like he had a mission, he had a plan, and he was in full control when he got up there. Now whether that means he's going to execute it all, it's going to go great this offseason, that remains to be seen. But it just felt like a guy who was much more comfortable in his skin as the general manager in year two in Indianapolis. I'm always impressed at how forthcoming Brian Callahan remains to be. They understand what their job is. They've got to put talent and they've got to put protection around Will Levis, however that comes, whether that's through the draft or free agency. But I walked away impressed, at least with the message that they were both delivering at the same time yesterday. It seems like all oars are paddling in the same direction, and I'm not sure if that was the case certainly last year for this team in Indianapolis. We're starting to see Steve News come out, right? Like, this is this is good. Like, you, you see today the Jets are telling Zach Wilson, his agent, like, if you want to go seek a trade, go ahead. Um, I don't think that's big news, but it is news, right? And you see the, the Chiefs cut Valdez Scantling, um, they threw him a check and he dropped it. So they said, Hey, we got to cut you. Um, that's, that's the best I got. And they tagged Sneed. We saw Higgins tag. What, who do you, what do you think is going to be the, okay, the first piece of news we're going to have on the Titans? And I know I'm just asking you to throw a dart at the board like I did John and Terry <laughs> yesterday, but I mean, there's going to be news here soon. What do you think is going to be the, the first piece of news we get? My guess is it's a decision on Derrick Henry, if I'm being honest. I, I really? Think what, okay. Yeah, I do. I, 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 and look, again, we're throwing darts at the board here, so if it ends up being that they sign a left tackle or something like that, <laughs> I, certainly, I could certainly see that. And in a lot of ways, that's more plausible and probably better for the team. But with having no ability to jump out there and tell you this is the guy they're going after at left tackle or wide receiver, or you fill in the position need. I just think everybody is talking about whether Henry will be back or not. And uh, we've had this conversation so many times since last summer, really, about what the future was. And I think there were times I told you, I think he's back. And I think there are times I've told you that I don't think there's any chance he'll be back. After hearing them both talk yesterday, I, I think there's a little bit of a push within the organization to try to work something out. Now, whether that will happen or not, whether – what they are willing to stomach to bring him back from a term standpoint is what Derrick Henry is looking for at this point. I imagine there's still obstacles to get over there. But 
we know Derrick Henry loves this organization. We know there is a bit of a pool of being the all-time leading rusher and playing with one team where you are essentially the face of that franchise for your career. And from listening to Rand Carthon, who's only had one year with him, and Brian Callahan, who's never coached him, it sounds very much like those guys are at least willing to have the conversation about seeing how he fits in. I wasn't sure a month ago or a month and a half ago that that would be the case if the Titans moved on from Mike Vrabel, whether Rand Carthon would ever see a team with that, and certainly a new coach like Brian Callahan, known for the offensive style that we believe he's going to have, would be interested in having Derrick Henry, but they are at least saying the things that make you believe they're open to it. So I think those conversations will happen probably sooner rather than later. Again, I don't know if they'll get over the hump in terms of the negotiation part, but I think both sides want to at least see if there can be a resolution there. So I don't think it's going to go forever into the process. I think we're going to know the answer on his return or not sooner rather than later. Remember last week I asked you, who do you think is going to be the backup quarterback to Levis? I did. Yeah. And Rand Carthon said there's there's going to be competition at backup quarterback. They're going to bring somebody in. Did that tell us anything, or is that just simply what all GMs – I know John Robinson did the same thing, right? Like, I'm going to create competition at every position. Is that just Rand Carthon basically saying it in a different way? We're creating competition at every position? Or did he kind of lay a hint uh, – at, at the floor of our feet, or at our feet, saying, hey, yeah, I think we're going to try to upgrade there. What what did you make of those comments? Yeah, I think he basically gave the same answer I gave you last week. And that is, I don't think you use draft capital on this position. I, I, I don't think you want another young guy in that room. You've got to go out and bring in a veteran who, couple things. One, brings a veteran eyeball or set of eyeballs into that room to help Will Levis as he prepares week in and week out. But two, also gives you a guy that has game experience for knock on wood. If Levis goes down at some point in the season, you feel comfortable that that guy can step in and lead you to victories. I also read into that that they are not fully confident in Malik Willis being that guy. And I think we also knew that last week that – Look, he just hasn't performed. He's had two years to do it. He's had a fair amount of experience on the field. And frankly, when he touches the field, usually bad things happen. Even when they have him in like a split wide receiver role for trick plays, bad things tend to still happen when, when, that, when they put him on the field. And so I just think that that experiment is likely over. He's under contract. He's probably worth keeping. You're not going to get anything for him on the open market. So... I don't think this means Malik Willis won't be on the team next year, but I think he's going to be in that third quarterback role, practice squad role, and they're going to go out and bring in a veteran to help that room out and give them someone that if in an emergency they believe can step in and help them win, and I don't think that's Willis right now. Yeah, I think with a guy like Will Levis going into his second year, and I don't know who that is, I'd have to sit here and think about it, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to do what this franchise has done in the past since they've been here to find a Neil O'Donnell type, to find a Matt Hasselbeck type, to find a Kerry Collins type. All guys that were longtime starters in the league, but then, you know, towards the end, they just were okay being the backup and helping a young quarterback come along. And I think it would be a great idea to do that again. Again, though, I don't know, you know, I don't have a solution to who that guy is. Is there... Is there someone that you can think of that kind of fits 
that mold? Yeah, I don't have the full list of the free agent quarterbacks in front of me, but I think you're exactly right. And the greatest part about that, Darren, is the idea that you have clearly defined this role already. That's the deal with Hasselback. You brought in Hasselback at the same time that you were drafting a guy in the first round. And so you knew at some point Jake Locker had to be the guy. But what point would that be? And the unfortunate thing for the Titans then is it took a while until you actually felt like Jake Locker was a better NFL quarterback than Matt Hasselbeck was. I'm not sure it ever got there, honestly. But you were waiting for that to happen. You don't have to wait this time around. You know Will Levis is the quarterback moving forward, and whoever you bring will know that he's the quarterback moving forward unless there's an injury. And so you're bringing that guy in, that guy who's been in the league for seven or eight years, who's played a little bit but isn't a starter. He understands his opportunity here. He understands how important it is to have him help groom Levis, have him help teach him and, and tutor him when it comes to game plans and preparation for the next opponent but also somebody who can step into that huddle and you won't miss a beat if you have to. And there are guys out there like that. Again, we'd have to really examine the contracts and who exactly is up on this free agency board. But to me, the answer is one of those free agent quarterbacks that's been around for a little while. I said yesterday on the show that I I feel like I am getting dangerously close to a pen in my right hand and going on and locking in that I've convinced myself they're going to take a left tackle with that seventh pick. I'm not there yet. Um, I'm still in pencil, but I'm getting very close to putting it in pen. I, I just feel like, you know, in the past here, they've done a good job at left tackle. Brad Hopkins was a first-round pick. Uh, Taylor Lewan was a first-round pick. And Michael Russo, the, or Michael Russo, they got lucky. That was a second-round pick. But most mm-hmm. of the time, as you know in this league, if you're going to get that stud left tackle for a decade, you're probably going to have to get him in the first round. I don't think that's something you address in free agency, in my in my opinion. One, they've already done that, and they failed miserably. I think they yep. need to draft that position. But I am almost there of saying I can't be talked out of it unless something crazy happens out there news-wise that they're not taking left tackle at seven. What do you think? Yeah. I agree, Darren. Just to further your point, these guys ultimately didn't end up playing there, but they also took Jack Conklin in the first round, yep. and he was an all-pro as a rookie at right tackle. And the other first-round pick is Isaiah Wilson, which was an enormous bust. But that means you're talking about four guys really at that tackle position that you've taken in the first round over the years, and three of them have been home runs, and the fourth guy was a bust. That's a pretty good batting average in the NFL draft when you're talking about succeeding on who you expect there. And you're talking about a tough and very, very important position. I agree with you. I think they've struck out enough looking at trying to bring in the cheaper option or the veteran option that isn't kept around someplace else. And the thing that makes the most sense is to use that capital to get that guy in the first round. And at seven, I think you can get a really good one in this draft. And I just look at the positions of need, too. You could say, hey, do you want a wide receiver right there? Do you need to get a cornerback at some point? Do you need to maybe upgrade your tight end room? Yeah, I think all those things are true. But I don't think they're absolutely critical where if you don't get it and you don't get a star there, you're not going to be able to function. This team still has DeAndre Hopkins. You hope Traylon Burks can get healthy. I think you can get guys there that either 
benefit them or at least add to them in free agency and later on in the draft. If you don't get a guy in that first round at left tackle, I'm not sure your offense can function. Because last year, frankly, the biggest problem this offense had is the inability to function because the line couldn't block. And the most important person on that line is the left tackle. And mm-hmm. so they've got to get that right, and I'm with you. If, if I'm a betting man today, I think that pick is left tackle. And I'll give you a couple of positions I feel strongly about that they are going to spend free agency-wise, and I think that they should. I think they should try to go find the next Ben Jones at center. I don't think, quite honestly... That's something you want to do through the draft. You don't want to throw out a fresh. I think, and they've they've brought in veteran guys in the past. Again, showing my age in the twenty five years that they've been here, they brought in a Kevin Mawai. That was a huge hit at center. They brought in Ben Jones. That may have that was one of their best free agent signings this franchise has had since they've been here. I think, and I haven't looked at the list, and maybe I shouldn't say this because I haven't looked at the list. But I, I think that they should try to address center with some free agent money, a good center, and I think they absolutely need to address the secondary with some of these free agent signings. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would see both of those, particularly the interior of the offensive line. And when it comes to free agency, I do think that center position is so important that you want to have a little bit of a body of work. You don't want to be totally guessing or projecting in that position. And just think about the Titans. They kind of projected Aaron Brewer there. And while I don't think he was the biggest problem on the offensive line, I don't think he's a true good Mm -hmm. center in this league. Where Ben Jones, they knew what they were getting when they signed him, and it turned out to be a home run signing. So I I agree. At that position that is essentially the quarterback of the offensive line, I would love to see a guy that you have a track record in this league and you understand what you're going to get there. But I also think the offensive line, those interior positions, that's one of those things where if you find somebody you love in free agency, go for it because I think that can be an upgrade. But if you don't, it's also positions that I think you can find in the third, fourth round of the draft that maybe you find a starter there in a year or two not using a top-end pick. That's the thing you can't do at left tackle. I think you can do it in a lower position as like a third or fourth wide receiver. You can't do it at a number one wide receiver. And it's probably the same thing when you talk about safety versus cornerback. Safety, I think you can find later on in the draft. You can find later on for less money in free agency. Cornerback, it's not the same. If you really want a difference maker at cornerback, you're going to have to spend high-end draft capital or you're going to have to spend a lot of money in free agency. And so they just have to be really smart of where they're going there and what their biggest priorities are. I'm looking at pro football fo- focus and, you know, you take that for whatever it's worth. They've got Connor Williams with the Dolphins as the number one free agent center out there. Unfortunately, he did tear his ACL in week 14, so I don't know how that will affect him. They've got Andre James second from the Raiders, and they've got Lloyd uh, Cushenberry from the Broncos three. And so that's a pretty good list. I know those guys. The problem is where I lose faith in this list, they've got Aaron Brewer fourth, and that's when I'm like, oh, you got Aaron Brewer fourth? Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll see. And, and look, I, I do think there's some solid center prospects coming out of college. I think it's a pretty good offensive line class as a whole. And so, again, maybe maybe you think Brewer is worth bringing back on a shorter-term deal. and You get a guy that maybe can replace him in a year or two years from now that you think about later in the draft. 
Uh, we'll see with those sort of things. But I am with you on the left tackle first thing because I just don't think that's something you can get later in the draft. And you may not be able to – I also don't think you probably get it in free agency because if that guy's any good, he's not going he's to the He's not market. going. Yep, that's right. You know? People are just not in the business of letting left tackles walk walk out the door. That's just, that's just not how it works in the NFL, so you're right. So, um, By the way, did you also think that they need to address – the secondary uh, with free agents, maybe a, a signing at corner, or maybe even two. I don't know. What do you, do you you think? That's an area of need. They definitely have to address the secondary. As I said, I think that if you're going cornerback, you're spending more capital there. Whether that's getting a high end free agent, maybe like the guy you get on day one of free agency period to come in and be a number one cornerback. Mm-hmm. Okay, that could happen. Or maybe you're taking that guy second round of the draft after you get your left tackle, I think that's the type of impact you need at the cornerback position. I can see depth certainly in the in the safety position that they add, but that's something I think you can get later on. It's a little less expensive in free agency. I think you could get a guy there in the third or fourth round. I mean, Kevin Byard was a third rounder. Imani Hooker was a fourth or fifth rounder, I believe. And so look how productive those guys are. So even those two positions, it's just different. If it's a cornerback, and I do think they need it, that's a position you're going to spend a lot of capital or assets to, to get a good signing or, or pick there. Safety, you don't have to worry about as much as that. And so I think you can be more selective and make sure it fits into what you want to do. I know you're getting ready to jump on a bus. Enjoy the game tonight. Have a good call, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this. All right, Dan. Thanks. Always enjoy it. Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Good stuff from him. Belmont at Murray State. A good college basketball game this evening. Wide open the rest of the hour if you want to get involved. 615 615- 844-5600 is the phone line and the text line. More of the McFarland Show, WNSR. Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million? All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi. Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzi, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using Upside, the free app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you 
you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back just for buying the gas I was going to buy anyway. But is it a hassle to use? No, it's super fast and easy, and I can cash out whenever I want. That's a total no-brainer. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LIFT for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code LIFT. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LIFT for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LIFT. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity as the return of the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale to each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. Your exclusive national sports radio, WNSR, Skyscan forecast is a wind advisory until noon. For today, variably cloudy skies, showers and a couple of thunderstorms into the midday hours and scattered showers ending in the afternoon. Temperatures fall from a morning high of 62 into the 40s, winds gusting to 40 miles per hour. Utilizing the resources of the Weatherman Network on National Sports Radio, I'm WNSR's meteorologist, Jim Rinaldi. Sports The McFarland Show, broadcasting live in Rutherford County on 107.9 FM. Little Grizzlies action tonight here on the air, these airwaves. Memphis will be up in Minnesota to take on the T-Wolves. Yikes. This just in. T-Wolves are good. Anthony Edwards, the guy that at Georgia, I was like, yeah, really? Number one pick overall? Like, is he really that good? Yeah, he's he's turned out to be that good. He's averaging almost 30 points a game. T-Wolves are good. So, 7 o'clock tip, 6.30 pregame right here on WNSR. So, Grizzlies and Timberwolves tonight. Eric in Columbia on our YouTube page. Don't forget, you can watch the show on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every single day. And you can interact on our YouTube page by typing in WNSR Live, one word uh, in the search, and you can get in there and interact with the show. So we are live in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio, and Eric in Columbia said that um, Johnu Smith was released by the Falcons. He said he wouldn't mind bringing him back to the Titans. I, I just think, as we've talked about on this show, they this this franchise is going a different direction, and it should be welcomed. And this is not a knock at John U. Smith, but I just think that we're, we're talking about analytics, we're talking about passing the ball, and we're just talking about different things that we haven't seen here. This has been a run-first organization since they landed on Nashville soil, and that's all we've ever known. And it's been great. Eddie George, Chris Johnson, and Derrick Henry. Three guys that, you know, are flirting with Canton. And Derrick Henry will probably get in. Eddie George, I think, should be in. But I don't know if he's going to get in. So the running has been good. It's been, or it's been great. But this is this is a different era. I mean, you, you remember Brian Callahan's comments. Teams that pass, 
the teams that are going to have success. And I don't know. I just think, and Johnny Smith, what has he done since he's left here? Nothing. He signed the big deal with the Patriots. Didn't work out there at all. Really didn't do a whole lot in Atlanta. And he had Arthur Smith, who was very familiar with him. I don't know. Do I think they need an upgrade at tight end? I do. I really do. They need an upgrade at tight end. And a lot of people are going to say, well, you can draft Brock Bowers at seven. Yes, I understand that. And I would absolutely be for that if they didn't need a left tackle so bad. And look, it doesn't matter what else you have. You know, people that want to draft the wide receiver, people that would like to see them draft Brock Bowers, I get it. But if your quarterback can't stay upright and healthy, and he's always laying on his back or getting crunched every game, it doesn't matter what weapons you have. So I think that changes it. And so do I think they need to upgrade? Yes, they massively need to upgrade at tight end. They need to be better at that position. I'd love to see them take Bowers. Unfortunately, it's the wrong year for the Titans to spend a first-round pick on a tight end. So I think you got to pass on him. Does that mean you still can't address it later on? No, but uh, I, I just I would be a no on Jonu Smith. I get it, and I know there would be others that would say, agree with Eric, like, hey, bring Jonu Smith back. I just, I think you had a, I don't think they're going down that path. Bring him back, old familiar faces. I think they've changed everything. There's an interesting NFL PA pool, uh, poll that was put out there and where the Titans ranked in this poll. Of course, the NFLPA is the Players Association, and they're basically asked about different categories, like treatment of families and food in the cafeteria. I know a lot of this. Most fans and media, they could care less about. But it is interesting because it is a big business, and you do kind of wonder how your team in your market stacks up against Everybody else, we'll do that. We'll tell you how the Titans fared in these categories like head coach, ownership, team travel, strength coaches, weight room, training staff, training room, locker room, how they stacked up against the league. We'll do that to close out our number one. We'll do that next here on WNSR. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. A friend of mine just bought a new house for the first time. A new house. I mean, my wife and I loved to own a house. So I asked him how he did it. And he smiled and he said he went to the knowledge tree. (laughs) He had this happy look on his face. So I told him to tell me more. And he said, John, the lack of knowledge will keep you poor. Then he handed me a brochure. It was from Knowledge Tree Mortgage. Now I understood. And after one phone call, I understood even more. Knowledge Tree Mortgage specializes in first-time homebuyers. Folks like me who get the runaround from banks. And he got us pre-qualified. Knowledge Tree Mortgage got us our mortgage. 
And tomorrow, my wife and I are going to become first-time homebuyers. Here's the number, 859-9599, 859-9599. Money doesn't grow on trees. Knowledge does. Knowledge Tree Mortgage, 859-9599, 859-9599. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. Buyandtow.com. Get cash for junk cars. You have a vehicle that's become a problem? You can get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. They'll buy your vehicle no matter the condition, in your driveway, at your mechanic shop, or even on the side of the road. You can call them at 615-480-6473 or visit buyandtow.com. Get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. 615-480-6473. Buyandtow.com. That's buyandtow.com. Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5. And it's Patton Cook from National Sports Radio. We are excited for our new show, JB and the General, every Monday through Friday right here on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. Talking all things Titans, Nashville SC, Preds, anything you want, we can talk. And we don't mind going off the beaten path once in a while as well. Again, that's every Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, right here on WNSR. The McFarland Show. Video streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube from the Strike and Spare Studio. Half of the McFarlands here today. Darren McFarland here on the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. Adam Johnson is alongside. We'll catch up with Michael Gallagher, covers the Predators, to begin the second hour of the program. They'll be home again tomorrow against the wild. So we'll get into all that coming up here shortly. So I talked about this NFL PA poll that they put out there and how did the Titans rank? And like I said, I get it. A lot of fans and media, they could care less about these categories because that doesn't affect them. Right. The treatment of families. Like I didn't, as a fan, a pain fan, yeah, I don't care about that, but it does kind of give you an idea of how these franchises are run. This is according to the players. Treatment of families. The Titans got a D-plus grade. They ranked 17th in the league out of 32. So, treatment of families, a D-plus. Luckily, that was their only D or D-plus. So, that was not their worst grade, though. 
their worst grade was an F, and it was team travel, which is, which is strange. Like, don't they all take charters? I, I, I mean, did I, I mean, are the planes that much nicer with other teams? I don't even know how they, I mean, I've done team charters before, many team charters. I, but I haven't done different ones. So I don't, I mean, other markets. So I don't know, I guess, how the other half lives, as they say. But I mean, I don't know how, how could you, how could you even rank that? They all get on chartered jets and go to their destination. I don't know how much different that could be. And I would love to know why they got an F. I mean, do they make them sit on top of each other? I mean, are they tight aisles? They got no service? Like, what is it? And typically, these charters are also built for luxury. Built for the bigger seats, bigger aisles, more room to move around, especially football players. But that was the worst grade for the Titans. They were 30th in the league. So there were actually two franchises or two organizations that were worse than the Titans in team travel. So a D-plus in the treatment of families and an F in team travel. I will tell you they did not get an A in any category. They did get a lot of Bs. We'll pick this up a little bit later in the show. We'll come back. We'll switch gears. We'll talk about pucks and sticks and ice and fighting and maybe trades. We'll do that to begin the second hour of the McFarland Show. That's coming up next. On ABC News, I'm Michelle Franzen. In Alabama, a rally at the state capitol in the wake of the state Supreme Court's ruling that embryos are children. IVF patients and providers urging lawmakers to pass legislation to restore access to IVF treatments in the state. ABC's Elizabeth Schulze is in Montgomery. We are expecting to hear from doctors and families. The message they tell us is that they want lawmakers here to understand that that decision from the court is having a direct impact on their own health care, on their decisions that they can make as providers and their own care as patients. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell announcing he'll step down from the leadership role in November, saying it's time to allow for a new generation of leadership to take over. McConnell will finish out his term in the Senate. Surge, no surge. Wendy's CEO says the fast food chain will not roll out surge pricing on its popular items. The CEO walking back statements and the company says it was referring to using digital menu boards to lower prices during slower periods. This is ABC News. Give the star in your life the brightest gift in the world. Name a star after them. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can name a star for birthdays, weddings, or even memorials. Over 45 years, we have named millions of stars for celebrities and individuals from around the world. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. 
Offer not valid in all states or where prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came, and we're maxed out. Maxed out cards. Rent is due. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. Maybe we should go to 27cash.com. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000, and cash can hit our bank account as soon as tomorrow. When you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com. WNS. Nashville Sports Radio. Your brain is an amazing thing. But as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. Now back to the McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Oh, Now, the McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Second hour rolling along on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a great day so far. 615-844-5600 is the phone line and the text line. We're live in the Strikers Bear Family Fun Center studio. Just one half of the McFarlands today. Darren McFarland here. Adam Johnson is alongside. Justin is out still. And DJ Damon has left the building. He's He's gone further south with his wife. So hope he has a good rest of the week the predators have had a good week plus now six in a row with their win over ottawa last night at home so they went out on the road took all five did something they've never done in franchise history going five and oh on a road trip now they're back home for five and who knows after a win last night four more to go maybe they'll sweep the home series too and make a 10 in a row about to find out michael gallagher covers the team for nashville hockey now he now joins me. Michael, how are we doing? We're doing great. Thanks for having me on. Things have changed a little bit since we started talking about this team, haven't they? Yeah, last week or whenever the last time you had me on, it was all doom and gloom, and we were looking <laughs> forward to trading off that, the entire roster. Now, now everything's changed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I know I'm, a lot's been made of, of the U2 concert and coming back home after St. Louis, and they got a lot of traction. But what what do you think ultimately? I mean, look, it it can jolt a team. I think it was a great idea by Barry Trotz. I'm not surprised Barry Trotz did that. He was a head coach for 25 years. He knows how to push buttons 
and he had to do it in Washington with Ovechkin, and they won a cup. So he's not afraid, and he gets it. But, you know, it's got to be a little bit more than that. What do you make of all of a sudden this team getting hot at the right time? I mean, you know, we're going into March on Friday. Yeah, I don't really necessarily think it had a lot to do with the canceling the U2 concert. I I do think Barry Trotz going into angry dad mode and kind of (laughs) the fact that the GM and the head coach publicly called out the players. Right. That was a wake-up call because that traditionally I don't think is something that would have happened with David Poyle here. But Barry Trotz talks to the media quite a bit. He does a lot of interviews and... You, you know just as well as I do, like, if you ask him a question, you better kick back and, and sit back because you're going to get a 10-minute-long answer. Like, Barry Trotz gives a lot of information when he talks to people. And the fact that they he publicly said, you know, we expect better from our players. Like, if fans are paying money to, to get tickets to our to our games, like, we expect more from you guys. The fact that they even put that out there publicly, I think, was a wake-up call for the rest of the team. And then Andrew Burnett, for his part, I mean, he's got the team playing a lot better. They're averaging almost four and a half goals per game in their six wins. I think the the 5-3 loss to Vegas, or win over Vegas, that was the most goals they allowed in that, that time. Like UC Saros is playing like he used to. The the penalty kill is around 80%, roughly 80% during that six-game win streak. The goaltending, like I said, has gotten better. They were giving up almost 3.3 goals per game before. During that six-game win streak, they were they were right, or, right around 2.99 or 2.96 somewhere in there, I believe. Like the on ice product got better, but I think it was kind of a wake up call that they got called out by Barry Trotz, by Andrew Burnett, and like that's how they had to respond. They couldn't have their GM and their coach call them out and then go out there and continue to play like they did against New Jersey and like they did against Dallas. Well, they could have, and that's what I like it, about this because I said it when all this got out there publicly, uh, and and we started talking about when Andrew Burnett lit him up in that post. I mean, you don't really. Or you rarely hear a coach say, you know, call out the players like, you know, hey, we got to stop talking about vacations and what we're going to do and focus on hockey. I mean, that was the first telltale sign that there was something brewing behind the scenes. But, you know, I also said it's a look when coaches do this, it's a fork in the road and it doesn't always mean you're going to get, you know, what you're looking for or you're going to get out of it what you're looking for. The fork in the road to the right is exactly how you want them to respond, and that means you have the right makeup in the room. But if you don't have the right makeup in the room, the left side, that other road, it goes, it's dark, there's no street lights. it's not even well paved. In fact, half of it's dirt and gravel roads. Uh, you know, when it go, goes the other way, man, you, the season is basically over. And luckily that didn't happen to them. Yeah, and I think this is why I know when Barry Trotz signed Luke Shen and Ryan O'Reilly and Gus Nyquist during the offseason, a lot of people were complaining because they're, they're older guys. They're in their early to mid-30s. You're paying them two, three, four million dollars a year. But the, the, times like this, I, be, I feel like, is exactly why Barry Trotz went out and got those guys that he called serial winners. You need a guy like Ryan O'Reilly that's been through stuff like this before to kind of lead some of the younger guys like the Cody Glasses and the Novaks and the Evangelistas and Barry Trotz made a big deal uh, at the beginning of the season about changing the culture, and I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with the with the team's culture, but I think what we just saw, how they came up against adversity, how they responded the way you want to see to that adversity, I think all that stuff is real. It, this is like a really important franchise, I don't want to say defining moment, but it's really important for the makeup of this team because like some of these young guys – Luke Evangelista, like you, you expect those guys to eventually turn into top six players, and and they're going to be better for having gone through 
kind of some of the stuff they're going through now. So, yeah, it, it played out publicly. It got kind of messy. It was a little embarrassing for some people. But ultimately, I think the, the outcome you want to see out of it is the team responding in the right way, and that's what's happened. Yeah, look, I I liked these guys. Um, I, I don't have anything against I enjoyed their time here. I got to know them both pretty well, especially Joey and Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne. But, I mean, I do think, to your point of what you were just talking about, I think it's pretty clear they didn't identify those guys as those dudes that you're talking about, right? Like guys like Ryan O'Reilly. I think McDonough was like probably the first step in getting those type of guys, like you said, the serial winners, guys that get it, guys that have been through all the stuff. Nyquist is another one, and these guys that you mentioned. I think they knew, they identified those guys are as guys that are winners, leaders, get it, and I think, you know, probably that was probably a telltale sign that they didn't feel like, you know, maybe if they would have done the same exact thing last year with the same group, they probably wouldn't have gotten the same results, in my opinion. No, I, I agree. I mean, for the last three, four years, I don't, I don't know what kind of time timetable you want to put on it, but we've seen that when the Predators come up against adversity during that time, they usually just kind of fold. All of a sudden, a one or two goal, allowing a one or two goal lead to disappear, you know, turns into allowing four or five goals. Like that's that's something they've really struggled with, and they they've taken their share of lumps and their growing pains this season. But I think having different players in that locker room, like O'Reilly, like Nyquist, like those guys, and having having a, a GM like Barry Trotz that identified change the culture first and then worry about the winning after having that the right mix of, of leadership and, and the right guys that can kind of be an extension of leadership in the locker room. I think it was absolutely the right move. And look, are they going to make the playoffs this year? Maybe. Are they going to make it very far in the playoffs? Probably not. But is Luke Evangelista, is Tommy Novak, is Cody Glass going to be better five years from now from having gone through this experience with this group of players? Absolutely. Okay. With that being said, then, are you telling me you believe those guys are not getting traded and those guys will be on this roster five years from now? The good question. I I don't think Luke Evangelista's got to worry about anything. No, he um, definitely. Uh, I I just brought him up because he you named the probably. I'll start with Tommy Novak. I think that is the one that that is really inter- is an interesting case study. Right, he's done quite well. He's a little bit more on the older side, a little bit more seasoned developed later in his career right he's not like he's night or he's not like he's 21 or 22 but you know he's gonna be a free agent and you start thinking about what they'd have to pay him and it's like uh that's kind of what they've been in for a long time that probably the business they need to get out of right giving all these guys four and five million a year and four and five year deals like to me like they need to get out of that business so how do you think they handle Novak? Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting question because, I mean, look, when Forsberg got his second contract, it, w- it was a $6 million per year salary, and he had scored 30 goals at that point. He had kind of earned it. Tommy Novak is just kind of in that weird spot where he's he's 26. He's kind of a late bloomer. He shows flashes of, of looking like a top-six center, and then there's times like right after he came back from his injury where Andrew Burnett admitted he came back probably about two weeks before he should have there's times where he's looked just like an average player. And I think this is probably the, the thing that Barry Trotz is working on the most. Cause he said, he said yesterday that he'd spoken with Novak's representatives and the framework of the deal is there, but they just need to get the right numbers and they need to get the right turn. 
And he, what was interesting is at the end of that interview, he said that he's not in a position that he can let Tommy Noah go for nothing. And he said that if he doesn't sign him before the deadline, he's going to have to trade him because he can't let him leave for nothing at the end of the year. To me, that seemed like Barry Trotz giving Novak an ultimatum of like, okay, if you want to mm-hmm. be here, right. you have 10 days to sign. If yeah. not, I'm trading you and you're going to be gone somewhere else. So I think, I think they have the parameters of a deal. I think Trotz wants probably somewhere in the $3.5 million per year range. I'm assuming Novak probably wants four and a half to, to five million somewhere up in there, and and whether they can meet in the middle over the next ten days, I think will be interesting to see. My gut says he's on the roster and they do work it out, but if not, there's there's a lot of interest in, in Tommy Novak. He's someone who could be a second line center, a third line center. He can play with pretty much anybody you put him with. He can play all three forward positions. Like he's very versatile, a really great guy to have in your lineup if you're a playoff contender. So. If they can, if they can meet in the middle on where they're trying to get with the salary and the number of years for the contract, I, I think there's a good possibility here. But if not, I mean, Barry Trotz put it out there; he's not afraid to trade him because there is so much interest in a guy like Novak. All right, I'm going to give you my opinion, and then I, I want your opinion as we sit here. What are we? Nine days out from the trade deadline, right? Next Friday is the trade deadline. So, yep. Me personally, I, I think the. The more this goes on, the less inspiring. It becomes more uninspiring to me. And I don't know who feels this way. I'm not asking for people. I'm not trying to sway anybody. I'm just giving you my thoughts. Tommy Novak is a really nice player. Good guy, nice player, good guy in the locker room. But to me, Tommy Novak is a guy you can, you know, there's Tommy Novaks littered all over the league that you can replace him with. I think this team in the last four or five-year window is just stuck in middle ground. And I just think after a while, like I said, it's okay for a bit, but if you keep doing it over, and I think I'm at my point now where it's like, okay, cause you just said it. And I agree with you like this. They could get in the playoffs, but they still might not get in the playoffs. But even if they do get in the playoffs, probably not going far, maybe not even out of the first round. When you think about what the potential matchup would be, and it's like they've been doing this. This is what the last four to five years have been. And if you're just doing the same thing over and over again, at some point to me, you have to you have to change. Like you have to do things differently. And the bottom line is, you know it. They're void of star power. They need more stars. You need stars to win it. You do. I mean, look at the teams that have been winning it. And I know. It's not, it doesn't always work out that way, but you, you need elite players, not good players or really good players. You need elite players on your roster, and they have been void of elite players. And, they, and I just think it's nothing against Tommy Novak. It's not. But to me, Michael, to move forward and get back into that, hey, we're contenders again, you, you got to up your game with your roster. Again, you, you can't keep having all these Tommy Novaks on your roster. You've got to increase your talent, in my opinion. What what do you think? How, how do you feel sitting here today at the end of February? No, I, I agree 100%. And nothing against Tommy Novak. He's a fine player. It does kind of concern me that he didn't really kind of blossom into the player he is now until he was 25, 26. Whether that was just a he was a victim of circumstance with you know just a logjam of forwards the Predators have had in Milwaukee and and on their NHL roster or what be it, but 
I think Tommy Novak's a fine player. I, I, I don't think he is a legitimate top six forward. He's shown flashes of being that, but he's he's not a Nathan McKinnon type player. He's not a Connor McDavid type player. And like they don't expect him to be that. But I do think you're right. Like that's what they should be swinging for. And the Predators haven't really been bad enough to draft a player like that. Right. The one time they were, mm-hmm. everything went wrong, and they ended up with Seth Jones. And Seth yeah. Jones netted them Ryan Johansson in the long run, but they missed out on Barkov. They missed out on McKinnon in that draft. Mm-hmm. To get that kind of player, you have to get creative, which is why I have been leading the charge on the bandwagon of trade UC Soros, because the only way you're going to get a player like that is to get creative. You trade UC Soros, and you get back a Dawson Mercer or I don't think LA is going to part with Byfield, but Alex Turcott or someone like that. Like that's one way you're going to get a player. Um, Clay Brewer, who writes for me at National Hockey Now, did a story uh, a couple days ago about how Elias Pettersson. He's someone that the Predators should consider offer sheeting in the off season. Like I know it's never been done in franchise history, but Barry Trotz has to do something to get that elite level player. And what's the what's the sense of building up stockpiling all these really high draft picks if you're not going to use them for something like this? Like. I feel like me and Clay have been kind of leading the charge of you have to get creative and do what you the opposite of what you've been doing because you haven't got that elite score so far. So you need to look for different avenues, and I think an offer sheet is a great way to do it. I think trading someone like Saros is a way to do it, and you're you're not going to you may get lucky and hit on someone like that, but you're traditionally you're not going to draft a, a difference maker. You're not going to get a Nathan McKinnon type player drafting 15 to 25 in the draft every yeah. year. No, 100. Add me to your list, by the way. I'm I'm with you guys. I'm fully in with you guys like if again i i don't want them to give away sorrows so that, that i know nobody's saying that but if the offer yeah. is right to me you are absolutely pulling the trigger i don't care if they haven't lost a game next friday by next friday i don't care i don't care if the winning streak is what i don't even know how many games that'd be what eight nine in a row i to me if the offer is right to push this thing if it's this is about the future you pull the trigger. You pull the trigger and you don't worry about this winning streak. You don't want, and by the way, I am in the camp, Michael, where I don't believe just by trading away Soros, like it's over. Like throw up your hands and say, we give up. We surrender. I don't believe that at all. I, I know we don't know what a scar off is, but you know, maybe it could be a combination of Lankinen and a scar off the rest of the season. And I'm not willing to say that they just, you know, fall off after a trade like that. I don't know why they can't remain in the same place they've been all season long. That I, that's You may disagree, but that's that's how I feel about it. No, I, I definitely agree. And I, I actually even tweeted this roughly at this point last year when the whole UC Saros maybe going to the Kings uh, trade talk came up and stuff. And I, I made the point that Kevin Lankinen is good enough to be a starter in the NHL. And he's good enough to be a starter for the Predators at least for the next year while you bring a scarf along slowly. I think if you trade Saros and you go the rest of the year with Lincoln and you have a scarf as the backup, I, I think that's going to be more of a, a 50-50 split. I don't think you're going to see Lincoln and get eight or nine starts and then Saros uh, get one or two. I, I think that would be an interesting way to go. And I do think you're right. If, if the right deal is there, clearly Barry Trotz hasn't gotten the right deal because Saros is still on the roster. But if, if New Jersey comes and says, hey, we'll give you Dawson Mercer, Seamus Casey, who is their, their number two prospect, I believe, a really talented defenseman, you know, a 2024 first-round pick and another B-level prospect. Like, I think Barry Trotz would really, really, really consider that. If, if L.A. comes and offers, they're not going to offer Byfield, but if they did or Alex Turcott or someone else, and the package is right and you have that elite-level score you've been looking for and this, this fan base craves so much, 
I don't think Barry Trotz is going to be able to turn that kind of deal down. So I, I do agree. I don't, I don't, clearly there's a big drop off between Saros and Lankinen, but I think Lankinen is good enough, especially with the talent around, around him with the way the Predators have been playing recently. I do think the roster is good enough to where you can still kind of be the same team you've been. You're just going to have two different goaltenders. Yeah. And who says you can't win games with a scar off either, by the way? We don't know. We've only seen him twice. Exactly. Once on the road and one at home. He's one and one. I mean, who knows? He could ju- he could pick up right where he left off where he's been in Milwaukee, right? I mean, who knows? I mean, we don't know. I, I'm not saying that it would. I'm saying, but we don't know that it wouldn't. So it, it's a fun discussion. Michael, really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Keep up the good work on Nashville Hockey Now, and uh, we'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's Michael Gallagher at MG Sports underscore on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, good stuff from him, as always. 615-844-5600. Wide open the rest of the hour. If you'd like to get in to something, you can. That's our phone line and our text line. And we'll be back here on the McFarland Show, WNSR. Hi, I'm Jeff Fisher. Guess what? The Cats are back. The Nashville Cats will be returning to the Municipal Auditorium on April 27th in the season opener against the Minnesota Myth. There will be five total games played at Municipal Auditorium with one additional game played up in Clarksville at FNM Bank Arena on Armed Forces Day on Saturday, May 18th. For player or dance team tryouts or tickets, log on to thenashvillecats.com. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I like putting parlay bets together, hammering the overs, and anytime player touchdown bets always have me on the edge of my seat. So if you're ready to do the same, visit FanDuel.com slash win and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash win. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus in President Kentucky. First online real money wager only $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Bar Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel downtown is at the heart of Music City. Located within walking distance of the Country Music Hall of Fame, Bar Lines at the Omni is your downtown honky-tonk destination. Watch your team from any seat on their plentiful HD TVs and catch a live show on the Bar Lines stage featuring live music seven days a week. Bar Lines has the ultimate southern comfort food. Get started with classic fried green tomatoes or bourbon barbecue wings. Then it's on to the massive Smashville Double Stack, or the world-famous Bar-Lined Grinder. Oh, you've never heard of the Bar-Lined Grinder? Two kinds of cheese, lettuce, Dijon, smoked turkey, smoked bacon, smoked ham. Now that's some smoke you want. Local brews and local spirits are on tap at Bar-Lines. Take a seat on the patio outside and soak up the rhythm of Music City. Bar-Lines at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown.
With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. Package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. It's a Bill King show. We created a rule decades ago on the show. Weddings, things of that nature, during the playing portion, do not get consideration. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Weddings are meant for the spring. They do not get consideration during the playing portion of the season. That's just the way we work it around here. That's the way we play it around here. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Welcoming calls from all around Middle Tennessee. 615-844-5600. The McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. Appreciate Michael Gallagher joining me. Good stuff from him. Grizzlies basketball tonight. They're in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Take on the T-Wolves. T-Wolves are good. 7 o'clock tip, 6.30 pregame. Right here on these airwaves. Darren McFarland here live in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. 615-844-5600 is the phone number. Now, I talked about this poll that was out there and had to wrap it up because the first hour was ending. And again, I'll just say it. I'll preface it by saying I get it. Most fans could care less. But I'm going to tell you why I'm at least bringing it up. Because as fans, you should care how your team and your market is running their business because that's important. And these are the players that are answering these questions. They're giving, they're the ones giving the grades and they're grading all the franchises around the league. And so you'd want to know how does your franchise stack up? Are they, according to the players, a well-oiled machine, a good organization to, to work for, or are they not? I told you the bad grades. The worst grade that the Titans, the NFLPA, they gave the Titans an F for team travel. That uh, They ranked 30th out of 32 teams. Now, I was like, how could it be different? Adam told me during the break, he said, maybe they don't give out the peanuts. They don't give out free peanuts. I don't know. Maybe they some teams make them go through different security than others. Like, I don't know. I've been on team charters, and I just... I'm not sure how different it can be around a league. So I'm not well-versed enough to know. I only know team charters here. I don't know what other markets, what it looks like. Apparently, according to the NFLPA, the Players Association, uh, the Titans do not fare well at all. They got an F. Treatment of families, a D plus. 17th in the league. Now, a couple grades that look like my report cards when I was in school. C pluses locker room was a C plus. Remember they did massive upgrades to help that the training room, a C plus they've done a lot of upgrades over there. So those were their two C pluses. The rest were B's and B pluses. Sometimes those appeared on my report cards, food, cafeteria, 
B, which was 12th in the league. Nutritionist, dietitian, B, also 12th in the league. Now, if you care about your players and production, that's important. And honestly, that probably is a little as higher than I thought they would get. Training staff, which is interesting because of all the injuries we've been talking about with this roster over the last three years. Training staff was a B, which was 18th in the league. The weight room was a B plus, which was 13th in the league. Strength coaches, a B plus, 18th in the league. Head coach, I'm assuming this was last year, Mike Vrabel, was a B plus, but they were ranked 22nd out of 32 teams. And ownership was a B plus, which was 15th in the league, which is almost right in the middle. So really, when you get down to it and you look at their rankings, they're about middle of the road. They're about a middle of the road franchise. Not great at anything, not horrific at anything, uh, other than team travel, I guess. Because their highest grade they got was 12th. Food slash cafeteria and nutritionist slash dietitian. But everything else, kind of middle of the road. I don't know what people thought. If you heard a poll like that, how you thought the Titans would stack up, how you thought they would rank. I think everything we've ever seen in the past has been bad. Has it been good? And so if you were asking me before I saw the results, I said, "Mm, probably thought they would be around 20th would be my guess out of 32. That seems about right. So I think they probably did a little bit better, and that's good because they've done a lot of renovations and improvements over there. But what it tells me and what should tell you is that they've still got work to do. They can still be better. Uh, because I do think a lot of it is an image, right? By the way, you want a good image around your franchise because why? What's coming up? Free agency period. Players talk. Wives talk. They talk amongst themselves. We've had this conversation before on the show recently. You don't want a bad stigma about your workplace. If you're a company, if you own a company, or if you're high management, you don't want people bad-mouthing. That's not good. It gets around. Same thing. You're trying to woo people to come here and free agents. Yes, ultimately you have, you know, the big stick is the green stick, money. And I understand a lot of decisions are based on what you're willing to give them. So a lot of this stuff, it's kind of phony because, sure, Would they like a nicer cafeteria or would they like for their families to be treated, you know, like gold? Sure. All the above in these other categories, team travel, be luxurious and great. Sure. But ultimately we all know these players and these agents, it's really about, okay, what kind of contract are you offering me? But for some players, believe it or not, and I know I've dealt with players in the past, whether it's football or hockey or baseball, other sports, where there's a lot of individuals that that stuff does matter. It is important to them and their family. So it's not most, but it's some. And some could be a really important piece to your roster. 
And if they're talking to people and they're like, eh, this place is kind of a dump. They don't really value the players. Like, and it's just, you know, this and that. And they're kind of bad-mouthing the organization. There's some people that will sit down, and when they're weighing their options, they're really like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going there. So I think the Titans probably did better than what they would have done, let's say, five years ago. Definitely 10 years ago. But I think what we found out in that poll is there's room for improvement. There's room to get better. So just thought that was an interesting exercise. When we come back, we, we heard a little bit from Brian Callahan yesterday on the program. But Rand Carthon also spoke at the, at the Combine in Indianapolis. We'll kind of hear what he had to say and talk about what does that mean. Because sometimes you have to read between the lines. You're not going to get a lot. I get it out of this stuff. They're going to be very generic. But we'll hear what Rand Carthon had to say and discuss that. And we'll do that next. By the way, 615-844-5600 is how you get in touch with the show. More of the McFarland Show here on WNSR. In a single moment, everything can change. When a player's sudden cardiac event brought a national football game to a halt, it shone a spotlight on the importance of CPR readiness. Now, with youth sports in full swing, the American Heart Association is rallying parents and coaches to be ready in an emergency. To be ready, learn hands-only CPR. It's a skill anyone can learn in minutes. Visit heart.org slash hands-only CPR and become a lifesaver today. It seems like everywhere you look right now, someone is sick. This year, prepare your family for airborne invaders like bacteria, pollen, and yes, germs with Navage Nasal Care. Navage flushes ultra-pure, refreshing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. Navage sucks out viruses, dust, and other airborne particles, all the stuff that gets trapped in your nose making you miserable. Don't get caught empty-handed this winter. Get Navage, the drug-free solution that helps you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier. Even better, Navage is HSA, FSA eligible. So Navage is a great way to spend those funds before they expire. Don't wait a minute longer. Buy Navage today and you'll breathe easier knowing you're putting your funds to good use. Navage is available online at navage.com or Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-617-0239. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-617-0239. That's 800-617-0239. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. 
<clears throat> oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Game from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Patrick Mahomes, he's in the GOAT conversation with this win. I'm calling him Michael Jordan, essentially, because he's taking other people's rings. There's no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes. He's that good. If you just got bested by Patrick Mahomes, he's that Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes, GOAT-level kind of guy. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNF. The McFarland Show, streaming live on the WNSR app and on WNSR.com. Six o'clock, big one in Knoxville. Tennessee hosting Auburn. Mm, that will be a fun one. Auburn is ranked 11th. Tennessee's ranked 4th. Both of them are 21-6 and six on the season. And Tennessee, the Vols have one more win in conference play. They have 11 wins to Auburn's 10. That game will be shown on ESPN2. In fact, Eric in Columbia on our YouTube page said he's scared to death, and our text line, he's scared to death about Tennessee being the one seed. I wouldn't worry about that. So that makes him nervous. said one seeds go down all the time. Well, so do twos and threes and fours and fives and yeah i mean i I wouldn't worry about that do i think they're going to get a one seed good (laughs) you look at their schedule the rest of the way they're playing big boy after big boy the rest of the way which is only going to increase their ranking uh and i don't think that i just don't think they're going to run the table i think it's going to be incredibly difficult to do but they're going to get a very, very high seed. I think they're probably destined for a two. It's Auburn tonight, and then they're home or they're at Alabama on Saturday, then at South Carolina and home against Kentucky to finish up the regular season. Those are those are four really, really good games. If they go four zero, they're going to be a one seed. I don't care what they do in the SEC tournament here; they'll be a one seed. That that is that is murder's row. So good basketball game tonight in Knoxville. Speaking of South Carolina, they're in College Station to take on Texas A and M, and then in the nightcap, eight o'clock tip on ESPN two, uh, following the Tennessee Auburn game. Just keep it right there, Alabama at Ole Miss. So some good college basketball games in the SEC. I brought up Rand Carthon. He spoke yesterday. Indianapolis at the Combine. Of course, Combine in full swing. Going to continue on the rest of the week and through the weekend. A lot of guys aren't going. But yesterday, the new head coach, Brian Callahan, we played some of those clips, but we didn't get to general manager Rand Carthon. Going into year two as general manager of the Titans, here's what he had to say. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of cap space. I know that's what you know everyone is talking about um, and how much we have, but we have to spend wisely. 
Um, you don't want to just load up and just go, you know, and spend money. You know, again, we're trying to build a long-term consistent thing, um, and, and you, you can't do that spending all $90 million out front. we got to be patient. we got to position ourselves that there are going to be guys that come free in June and July, like when we got D-Hop, um, that we have to have the space for um, and be able to afford it, and plus we have to have money for operating costs moving forward throughout the fall, which, you know, I think for most of the season we're in the top five um, in having space available. So, um we plan to be active, um, but we, we're going to be patient and, and let everything come to us. I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Well, that's smart, my Rand Carthon. Just because you have $90 million doesn't mean you just go out there and just start making it rain. Don't do it. Very few times do people actually build and make themselves a contender through free agency. Sometimes you can hit with a really good signing that helps already a really good team. But if you're trying to flip the script through free agency, good luck. A lot of teams have tried it. It just typically fails. It just doesn't work. You really have to build through the draft. Everybody knows that. But they do have a lot of money to spend. Everybody got a bump of $30 million, not just the Titans. Everybody. The cap went up $30 million. And you just heard Rand Carthon. I believe Titans are, what, most money to spend? $90 million? Uh, does that mean you can you can't go out there and sign good players? No, you can absolutely do that. But I talked about it earlier with Steve Lehman in the first hour. I think the center position would not be a bad one to go sign. I I think you you need to go find a veteran. They've had success with that over the years. I don't like drafting a rookie center and putting out a rookie out there. I just I don't think Aaron Brewer's the answer. I know he's a free agent anyway. I just don't think he's the answer. They've had great success. Ben Jones was a home run signing when they signed him away from the Texans. Ben Jones did a whole lot of good at center for the Titans, and they had a lot of success. He was the anchor of that offensive line for a long time. Really, really good player. They also signed Kevin Mawai. Now, he didn't play as long as as, uh, Ben Jones. He was at the end of his career. And really, Ben Jones, it looks like he was at the end of his career, or this was his last stop. But Kevin Mawai played here uh, his final years in the league before becoming a Hall of Famer. Kevin Mawai was very productive here as a center. So they've had success. Kevin Long was a good center back in the day, uh, early days of their success here in Nashville. So I would like to see them go out and get a proven guy at center through free agency. I'd also like to see them probably go out and get a proven guy and spend some dough on a good corner. They need more help in the secondary. I know they'll need to draft that as well. So you draft secondary help, and I think you go out and you sign secondary help. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea to maybe sign maybe another linebacker with free agency, but just don't go crazy. Unfortunately, they haven't had a lot of luck or success here recently with their free agent signings. Julio Jones, well, actually they traded. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Bud Dupree was one of their big splashes. Didn't work out. The offensive lineman from the Patriots didn't work out. They gave him big bucks. I remember back probably a decade ago, the guy who was the number one guard in free agency from the Buffalo Bills. They went out and gave him big bucks. Didn't work out. Like I said, more times than not, 
it just doesn't work out. So I liked what I heard out of general manager Rand Carthon about how they're going to distribute and how they're going to figure out the best way to skin that cat with that $90 million that they have this offseason. Let's hear uh, what else he had to say. It's like with most uh, young quarterbacks, it's getting playing time, you know, being out there. He spent the earlier part of the season as the inactive third. Um, and then when he got his opportunity uh, to play, he took off and run uh, and ran with it. So uh, for him, it's continuing to get time on task, um, and especially now coming into a new offense, um, getting him getting him in that, getting him uh, knowledgeable of it. And for Will, it's about creating that consistency. When he was at Kentucky, he had multiple offensive coordinators. I think he may have had the same offense maybe twice you know, in his career. So I want to be able to create that consistency for him, get him used to making calls, and get him to where you know he's making all the calls and checks up front. All true things uh, there at the end about Will Levis. Um, a different offensive coordinator. Remember, Liam Cohen was there. He had a really successful year. Liam Cohen went to the Rams. He was the OC there. And uh, then Liam Cohen came back to Kentucky. Now, uh, Will Levis was here. This was this past year. But the last two years at Kentucky, he had Liam Cohen. And then Liam Cohen went to the pros. And that last year, it was more than just having a different OC he had an awful, and I mean awful, an embarrassingly awful offensive line. Kentucky's offensive line was not up to speed and up to SEC standards. It was it was just not good. I had a scout tell me they are amazed that Will Levis is still playing at Kentucky, that he didn't just shut himself down and say, I'm not risking anything else with this offensive line. He played banged up his last year at Kentucky which is just another reason why I think that um, they should draft a left tackle. I just think it's important when you've got what you are identifying as your franchise quarterback, whether he turns out to be that or not. None of us know, but it doesn't matter. He is the guy until he's not the guy. And so they've got to give him every opportunity to succeed. And to do that, you you drafted Peter Skaronsky this last year, Looks like he's going to be your left guard. And why not go on and solidify the left side of your line and go on and get that left tackle within that seven spot? Whoever you identify as the best or number two, because there may be a left tackle go before the seventh pick. But it looks like when you when you think about the guy from Penn State, of course, the guy from Notre Dame, guy from Oregon State, there's, a, there's some really high-end, left tackles up there. Uh, actually, I don't think that Oregon State guy is left tackle, but you can that are worthy of a seventh pick in the draft, I think they should give him every opportunity to succeed by getting him and solidifying his offensive line. So I would do that. Uh, he got beat up at Kentucky in his final year, and I don't think you should. And he got beat up last year. I don't think you should have him beat up again. So I think that's why I continue to lean heavily on them drafting an offensive lineman. All right, let's go back up there. I know Rand Carthon weighed in on a lot of things. Let's hear what else he had to say. I mean, first of all, like Tajay is a dude that we that I just described. Like he's very passionate about football. He loves the game. He's a hard worker. Um, and I think you guys that have gotten to know him know that's how he's wired and you love that about him. Tajay's one of those guys that's always in the building. You know, I know there were a lot of concerns about his knee coming out and that was the big question this time of year and after we drafted him, but we're talking about a guy that never missed a practice, never missed a game. Um, and he's, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, he's made of the right. 
you know, and, and those are the type of guys that we want to have. I mean, I guess it broke. Was that the end? Okay. Uh, that was on Tajay Spears. And it's very clear that they love Tajay Spears, and they should. Uh, he's versatile. He can be a three-down back. But this is another one. I haven't brought this up yet, but with the status of the running back position and the dollars that it commands or really doesn't command anymore, unfortunately, I don't think it's fair, but it is what it is. I'm not dictating the market, but you can get these. There's a lot of really attractive running backs out there, and I'm not sure what they're going to get this offseason. I'm not sure what Derrick Henry's going to get. I don't know if he's going to get – he's not going to get – I don't think he's going to get $10 million a year. I think Derrick Henry could get because he's a two-down back. I don't know, maybe six, $7 million a year. And he's not going to get very many years. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a contract that's going to be very minimal in years. I think the same goes for – some of these other guys out there, I wouldn't be opposed because you can get things on, let's just say, the cheap. And these guys are are stars at their position. Unfortunately, their position isn't valued much in the league, so you can get them at uh, NFL standards, bargain basement. Like, you know, you can get them like TJ Maxx. You know, you get them at a discount. Name brands at a discount. So I don't think that I think that's something that they could explore. I don't think Tajay Spears. I'm not sold. Why I really really like him. I'm not sold that he's the guy because we see this all the time. They're really good as the two, but when they become the guy, i.e., see Tony Pollard this year in Dallas. Oh, by the way, Tony Pollard is a free agent. Nobody's giving him number one money. You just saw him. I mean, he had a good year. I just I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's great. I think he's really good. I don't think he's a great number one. So I think he's a guy that you need to have, you know, kind of the the two running back system, kind of like what the Dolphins did this year, what the 49ers people the Dolphins with Mostert and uh was a Shane, the guy, yeah, the rookie. I, I think the two headed monster was really good. That worked I think that's really where the NFL is going kind of the two running back system. So I wouldn't be opposed to them going and getting one of those big names to go along with Tajay Spears. All right, we'll get one more in before we take our final break and come back and wrap up today's show. Here's Rand Carthon. My name Bill Callahan, uh, a.k.a. Big Coach, um, who's one of the best in the business. And I, I, I really wish you guys could have seen his profile tape. You know, meeting, it was it was. It was, it was a clinic, you know, it was a clinic, and everyone left out of their minds blown and coming to the realization that we still got a lot to learn, you know, to come in and, and what it's going to take to play for him. But I think for a, for a guy like that who's been such a strong developer, you know, of talent um, at the O-line position, it, it gives us a, a little leeway, you know, to bring some guys in and, and him having a plan on how to develop those guys and get them out on the field. But we- there you go, Bill Callahan. What do you call him, Adam? Big coach? What do you call him? That's the first time I heard that one. Look, there's a lot of pressure on Bill Callahan to come here and fix things because he's so he's so widely viewed around the league as maybe the best offensive line coach 
or certainly one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. So there will be some pressure for him to fit. And it's not fair just to throw anything out there and say, fix it, Coach Callahan, talking about Brian's dad. Uh, They're going to need talent. They're going to need good players. So another reason why I'm probably leaning toward left tackle. We'll take our final break, come back, and put a bow on Wednesday's edition of the McFarland Show here on WNSR. Do you ever feel like gambling is causing financial strain or hurting your relationships? The Gambling Clinic has been helping people who want to change their gambling habits for over two decades. With physical clinics and remote online appointments, we're here to help you make informed decisions about your gambling so it doesn't lead to a bigger problem. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com so we can work together to help you win your life back. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a health care provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-462-3333. That's 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks... Put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity as the return of the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale to each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. 
Titans fans, Preds fans. The McFarland Show has you covered. Give us a call, 615-844-5600. The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Pretty interesting. I was looking into some questions that have been talking out loud about that survey. And I guess here's some stuff that I'm seeing out there on social media about what the Titans players, some issues that they've raised that stand out from that survey that require improvement from the Titans organization. First on the member of the travel accommodations, team travel, where they got an F. I guess, according to players, they said that they are designated to sit in the back of the plane where many players don't fit in the seats while the staff sits in first class. Also, the Titans are one of only seven teams that make some of their players have roommates the night before the games. Players want to be able to prepare for the game without having to share a room. Now, that's interesting. So there's a couple of things that stand out. One, when I was flying with the Predators on the team charter in their playoff runs for years, the players always sat in the back on the team plane. So... I've never seen it where players didn't sit in the back. So that is interesting where it says they sit in the back. And first class is up front. Hmm. So that that is interesting. Um, I've never seen, I've never sat on a team charter where the seats were not much bigger than what you're accustomed to on your domestic flights. So they're all bigger fits. Now, I get it. These are football players. They're bigger dudes. So that that is interesting. And the whole roommate thing, I know in the past, in talking with players, I felt like the roommate thing was more about if you're going to do that, you do it with the young guys. Like maybe you make young guys stay together. But veterans, like never would they share a room. So that's interesting that since the Titans are only one of seven teams to make their players have roommates the night before games. So maybe that means everybody. If it means everybody, then I would understand that. And I guess the other part was they complained about the service. So players were mad about going from grass to synthetic grass, to the turf that they played on last year. Look, it's a business, and the Titans are in, are about making money, and you can't do it with grass at that stadium. You're going to host all these events. You're going to need the turf. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. Man, I hope it gets a little bit warmer out there. Don't forget Grizzlies basketball tonight. Coverage starting at 6.30, 7 o'clock tip. We will see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock.